Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Ian, uh, kind of an interesting way to start the show. Uh, You tweeted it out uh, from the Denver Broncos, a short video of head coach Vic Fangio of the Denver Broncos uh, cooking in his kitchen, cooking, listening to the great Dean Martin, singing... My favorite Dean Martin song, uh, Volare, uh, Blue, Dipinto di Blue. Fantastic song. Uh, and uh, so if you don't know that song, check it out. Look it up. Listen to it. It's great. If you don't know Dean Martin, you're inside. You're not doing anything. Get done listening to this podcast and go listen to some Dean Martin. It'll make you feel good. Do it with a drink in your hand. It's the only way to do it because that's how Dino would do it. But uh, I-, I loved sort of the the short clip of, of Vic cooking some food, but I have questions. I have many, many questions. And if you haven't listened to Dean Martin, listen to Dean Martin, because I I am a Rat Pack fanatic. And those of you who don't know the Rat Pack, it's Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop. I love Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. Like, I... I just I, I can't get enough of the two of them. I think I, I've, I've told people this. If I could hop in a DeLorean and go back to any time in history, it would be 
the old strip in Las Vegas to the dunes or the sands to watch Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and probably Sammy Davis Jr. come on as they're doing some of their little vignettes and sing-alongs and all that stuff. Um, And then after you listen to Dean Martin, watch his celebrity roasts. Oh, so good. So good. You want to talk about people being mean to people out of love. Those make the Comedy Central roasts seem tame at times. Like just some of the things that are said are are just, they're perfect. They're just perfect. And then after you do that, watch Dean Martin on one of his trips to the Johnny Carson show where you can visibly tell he is lit. Oh yeah, And Hammer. Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon know it. And Dean is just sitting there, probably has no idea where he is, what time it is, what city he's in. It, it's just, it's hilarious. And then after you watch that, you can then see pretty much every time Dean Martin is on TV, whether it was his special, his variety show, or the roasts, he was lit every single time he was on pretty, TV. Pretty pretty well hammered. Pretty well hammered. But I, I, I kind of want to get back to, to Vic Fangio's cooking there because I what, what you see in this short clip is uh, a, a man who's got, you know, he's, he's making some meatballs. He's got you know, some, some pretty good size meatballs, which I like that he's going with the large size meatballs, not the little meatballs. I think that's a, a mark of somebody who is confident in their ability to make a good meatball. Little meatballs are easier. Big meatballs, you got to season them right or they don't taste good. But I got to know, what is the meat combination in there? Is it is it 80-20 chuck with some venison or uh, is he is he strictly ground beef? Is he throwing some ground pork in there? Is there Italian sausage mixed in? The tomato sauce that they pan over to very, very quickly is a very thin-looking tomato sauce. So what is the seasoning like in there? Is it a spicy sauce that's got some crushed red pepper flake cooked into it? Is there a lot of garlic? Is there a little bit of garlic? How heavy does he go on the sugar? Because everybody knows the acidity level of tomatoes can give you a tummy ache. So a little bit of sugar kind of helps to quell that. So some people overuse, some people underuse the sugar. I just, I want to know his recipe, you know, as, as a, as a guy who likes to get in the kitchen and, and do a little cooking here and there and, you know, being on quarantine, I've had the opportunity to make several meals. I, I'd like to know what uh, Vic Fangio's recipe is. Although I imagine it's his grandmother's secret recipe and he won't share it. I'd like to know the pasta. Is it homemade or is it store-bought? Ooh, but yeah. the, the thing that I would like to know most is if he did use ground beef for his meatballs how did he get the ground beef what the store probably well in colorado there's been a a run on meat like anytime you go to the grocery store there's no meat yeah that's kind of the way it is in most most places illinois is the same way uh i imagine and this is just just a guess he probably had some in a in a deep freeze somewhere you know he's probably got a deep freezer in the in that basement of his and Go in there, and I, I honestly, I think if he if he's smart, he's not using just ground beef. You got to use the ground beef. I like to I like to throw in a little venison, and I like to throw in some pork. the The mixture of meat there it gives you a, a nice uh, even flavor. It also gives you just enough fat 
to, to create a, a, a nice flavor within the meatballs and in the sauce when you add it to the sauce. And then when you season it properly, the right Italian seasonings, oregano, uh, basil, uh, your thyme, your rosemary, you got to get a little bit of everything in there. And then, then the other question is, is he going to bake those meatballs or is he going to fry them up first and then throw them in the oven and then throw them in the sauce? There are so many things that that very short 15-second clip left wide open. The only thing we know for sure is that he listens to the right music as he cooks. I'm going to throw out a, another possible meat choice, and that's ground turkey if he wants to go the healthy route. Oh, yeah. See, I almost feel like that's a waste, though. You know, I uh, my, my little brother hates ground turkey. Now, I like ground turkey. We cook with it often in my house, but I wouldn't, I would never use it in a, in a homemade uh, meat sauce or a homemade uh, meatball. I wouldn't, wouldn't do that. That's a waste. There's not enough flavor in a ground turkey for that. And I will, I will say this right now. My wife is an amazing cook. She does homemade meatballs with ground turkey. And they are fantastic. So I'm going to guess she seasons them properly, that there's just the right level of of fat added to them. Olive oil is my guess, an extra virgin, a solid extra virgin olive oil. You didn't know this was was cooking with with Adam and Ian on the uh, Mile High Report radio podcast. You had no idea that's what you were joining up for. But but here we are. This is what happens when you're stuck in a quarantine and – can't do anything i just I, I still love the fact that vic fangio is listening to dean martin because and, that's this that that's perfect yes and again my favorite dean martin song so you know yes that, mine as well yeah that whole video just came together perfectly so all right being in quarantine we're not going to go through any more recipes although if, if you want some rest more recipes from us go ahead and hit me up on twitter hit ian up on twitter i'm sure we'll be happy to share some things with you uh what what is it that people can be doing during the quarantine that, uh, you know, if you're stuck at home, you know, we're, we're recording here on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I'm a teacher, but I'm not teaching this week. Technically it's my spring break, but I wasn't teaching last week either. Uh, what, what do you think people could be doing during this, uh, time at home with their families that is productive and, and, uh, sort of centered around the Denver Broncos? Well, as we're recording this, I've had it on NHL network all day because they're doing a Colorado avalanche day. So it's making me feel old because, as I told you before we started recording, as we're recording this, they're airing Game 7 of the 2001 Stanley Cup Final between the New Jersey Devils and the Colorado Avalanche at Pepsi Center. And as I said, this was June 2001. We are now as old, Adam and me, or Adam and I, are as old as Ray Bork was when he won the Stanley Cup in this game. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it. At, oh, they won. At, yeah, they did win. I, I, was, I was worried. <laughs> Which just is crazy. Let me verify, though. So in, in June of 2001, I was 20. I was going to be 21 in a couple of months. So now I'm 39, and I'm going to be 40 in about four or five months. Was he 39 that year, or was he was he 40? He was 39 or 40. Either way, it doesn't matter. We're we're in the range. <laughs> I, I think we are both older than Joe Sackick was at this point. <sighs> yeah, can we can we stop doing that to ourselves? Let's stop talking about how old we are. But it is it, it it is fun. I know this is a Broncos podcast, but I'm a huge Avs fan. To go back and look at all these old games and watch them. One of the first games that they aired today this Tuesday on NHL network was Peter Forsberg's incredible game in Florida in 1999. 
when they were losing five nothing late in the second period, Forsberg scores, and then in the in the third period he just completely takes over the game. It has one of his best games ever, and they end up winning seven to five. It's just it's amazing to go back and look at all this stuff, and that segues into what Broncos fans can do. And with the NFL giving away Game Pass. If you can get it to work, I know Jess has had some issues with it. Jess Place, who does something, something Broncos. If you can get it to work, watch old Broncos games. Yeah, And that led me to think, what Broncos games would we watch? Since we don't have sports, and right. we're not going to for a while, since the, Olymp- the International Olympic Committee is postponing the Summer Olympics in Tokyo until at least next year. What like, Broncos games would we watch? I like it's a good question. I do like. I just want to say that they're going to continue to call it the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, but it's going to be 2021. I like that. I like sort of the the pig-headedness of being like, no, it's still the 2020 Olympics. Like, all right, whatever you got to tell yourself. Uh, you know, there's obvious there's obvious games, right? If you if you think about the games that that Denver Bronco fans are going to obviously gravitate towards, and I'll just run through some quick ones. Super Bowl 50 obvious that's an obvious game to watch i think that afc championship game uh in in 2015 is another obvious game to go back and watch those were great games for bronco fans obviously super bowl 32 super bowl 33 i think are are huge ones i'm going to give you one that might not be super high on people's radar but i think i would go back and watch and it's in the 97 playoffs and it's when they had to travel to kansas city winning that game as a wild card team people might forget this the Denver Broncos in 1997, coming off maybe one of their best seasons ever in 96 with that team that lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they ended up being the wild card and had to go on the road to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and then on the road to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game against the Chiefs was a was a really good game. It was, it was a low-scoring game, and it was one that, that was in doubt for the entire game. Go back and watch that game and, and watch the way the Broncos fought through that game. And, and that's the game, in my opinion, that propelled them to the Super Bowl. That's the game that gave them the confidence to go in to, to Pittsburgh at three old Three River Stadium, right? Three Rivers? Yep. Yep, Three River Stadium. It's, it's been so long now. I'm, apparently I'm old. And, and win that game, which is another good game you could go and watch. But that game against Kansas City, that's the one that, that I think people should go back and watch. That that was one of the top games on my list because there's that fourth down pass that Steve Atwater and Darian Gordon knocked down to win the game. It was in the end zone. Um, so absolutely. I, I will throw out another Chiefs Broncos game, and it might not be one that people would think about, but I would totally watch that Monday night game oh, between yeah. John Elway and Joe Montana. Even though it wasn't the outcome Broncos fans wanted, it's still one of the best games in NFL history. Yeah, absolutely. To see two of the best. And we've talked about this game in the past, but to watch two of the best battle like they did, and Marty Schottenheimer had to get one of them for all the times that Elway left Marty Schottenheimer wondering, what do I have to do to beat this guy? At least he got one, but at least it wasn't in the playoffs. Well, what he had to do to beat him was go get another Hall of Fame quarterback. And if if football was like baseball and you just kept going back and forth, that game might still be going on right now. The way those two were going back and forth in that game, incredible. Uh, the other obvious ones you could go back and watch, the drive, the drive two. Uh, I, I don't suggest watching any of the Super Bowls. 
you know, against like the Giants or the Redskins or the, you know, the 49ers. Those aren't necessary. Ignore those. They didn't happen. We'll just pretend. Uh, but the other thing I think Broncos fans should do, and I don't know if Game Pass has these or, or if you can get them, go back in time. Go back in time prior to John Elway becoming quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Go to go to an era where the Broncos weren't quite there yet. And, and go watch games from that 1977 season. Go watch players like Tom Jackson and Randy Gratishar and some of those Bronco greats, Louis Wright. Watch that team. Watch that defense. Lyle Alzado, which is one that I know you are a huge fan of what Lyle Alzado did for that defense, and rightfully so. That is the beginning of the Denver Broncos becoming a, a, a franchise that is a legitimate franchise in the NFL. Go watch those guys play football. Watch the way that defense did things. That, to me, you pick your game. Obviously, a game against the Raiders is, is an important one. Uh, you know, Watch any of the, the playoff games. Those are fun. Go watch those games and, and really see what it was like to play defense on those teams for, for that season. I would I would say two games would be the ones to watch. The divisional playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Old Mile High. And then I would watch the AFC Championship game against the Raiders on, I think it was New Year's Day, 1978. And it just, because those two games were the ones that that put the Broncos on the map because it obviously sent them to the to the first Super Bowl in franchise history. And just to, to see the reaction after that Raiders game is over, to see the fans storm the field and tear down the goalpost in front of the, the South stands, it, it's just, it, it's worth it. Because you get a sense of where it all started, where Broncos country and the Rocky Mountain Thunder got its start. The and it was crush. the orange crush came from that team, from that run. And it, it, while it didn't end the way everyone wanted in Super Bowl 12 in New Orleans against the Cowboys, and we've touched about, we've talked about this, the offense gave up seven turnovers and only allowed 24 points. I mean, I actually was going to say that that's a game you should go watch as well. You want to watch a defense do everything that it can to try and keep their horrible offense in the game, go watch Super Bowl 12. Go watch what the Denver Broncos Orange Crush defense did. E- even though they lost that game, they if if the if that defense doesn't play as well as they did, that's a that's a 55 to 10 style finish in the Super Bowl, right? That's a that is a totally different looking Super Bowl without that orange crush defense. And so I would I would urge you to watch that game and, and again just watch the way that defense completely dominates even in a losing effort. They completely dominate that game, but there's really only so much you can do. Or just go watch the 2016 Denver Broncos and how good that defense was and, and how they couldn't win any games. You could do that too if you really want to be a glutton for punishment. I'll throw out a couple of other games. I would go back and watch the 2005 divisional playoff game against the New England Patriots where Champ Bailey gets the 99-yard interception return. That it, There's still some controversy in New England about what really happened at the end of that play if he fumbled the ball through the end zone. I would watch that game. I would watch – this might surprise people. I'd go back and watch the 2011 playoff game between the Steelers and the Broncos just because that was one of the few times Tim Tebow completed a pass. 
<laughs> you did that on purpose. <laughs> you knew I was going to laugh. No, I, I can I just say there are some Tebow games that I would go back and watch as well. The one against the Dolphins. The Bears game. The, the Bears game. The Jets game, if, as I recall, was, was another good one. I'm going to throw out another game that I would go back and watch. Uh, and, and it's one that I didn't actually get to see all of. And it's kind of my fault because I didn't check the schedule. Uh, I would go back and watch uh, the September 14th, 2008 Denver Broncos game against the then San Diego Chargers. Uh, that that game was uh, a, a great game in which Jay Cutler led the Broncos to a, a victory. And I didn't get to watch it uh, until sort of the end of the game, which was fine because I was at my wedding. So my wife and I got married that day. And uh, it's okay that I didn't get to watch it, but that's one that I've never actually seen. So I might like to go back and watch that one because it ended up being a really good game. And I would go back and watch uh, week two, 2015, Broncos and Chiefs on Monday Night Football because that was the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. So I want that to have that in my memory. Probably probably shouldn't promote that, but I, under, I understand where you're going with that. That's totally understandable. Yeah. And then I would watch the game against the New England Patriots where they were down 14 nothing, and C.J. Anderson wins the game with a – well, how would you describe it? A runoff? Walk, yeah, a, a runoff, a, a walk-off rumble. Uh, a, you know, he kind of, you know, CJ was never much for sprinting, but he definitely rumbled his way into the end zone. It's probably the only time that I would allow a, a Chris Berman rumbling, stumbling, bumbling uh, to describe something there. That was that was a, a fun one. You know, that's, that's an interesting game to go back and watch too because you also get to watch the greatness of Brock Osweiler there, uh, which – uh, we don't get to say very often because he didn't have that many flashes of greatness. But uh, that was that was a game where he did everything he could to just not screw it up, and he didn't screw it up. So uh, you know, got to give him credit for that. And I, I go back to that uh, that game and and some of those games that he played and remind people that without Brock Osweiler's sort of steady hand through that season when Peyton Manning was was out with an injury. The Denver Broncos might not even make the playoffs that year, and would certainly not even had a chance to win the Super Bowl. So uh, that's a, that's another really good one. Um, are there? Are there I got any? another one. You got another one? I, I, I'm going to go with Week 17, 19 of the 1998 season. So right before they went on that playoff run against the Seattle Seahawks, Terrell Davis is what like 150, 160 yards short of 2,000 yards. Yeah. They don't have anything to play for. They have home field advantage locked up throughout the playoffs. Yeah, that '98 season, they were they were pretty much done with about five games left. And so I would I would I would go back and watch that game just to see Terrell Davis that, get yeah. two thousand yards. Yeah, and and actually, if you go watch that season, that's a, that's a great season to watch. Uh, that Denver Broncos team was so good that Elway went down and Bubby Brister couldn't screw it up. That that Broncos team was so good that Terrell Davis sat out entire quarters and quarters and a half of games because they were out in front by so much that they didn't need him anymore. Imagine how many more yards Terrell Davis would have had if he hadn't just sat out, you know, a quarter to two to a third of a game every week, because that's how good that team was. He could have rushed for 2,500 yards that year with as much time as he sat on the bench, not having to play because they were winning by so much. Go watch how good that team was. That was that was one of the best football teams I've ever seen play. Period, and and they don't get the they don't get the uh, they don't get the accolades because they ended up going fourteen and two because they had a couple of losses. But they they that was one of the best teams I've ever seen. 
And it was a fun team to watch. And you mentioned the drive too. I'll throw out a game that may not register for some people. All throughout the 1992 AFC Championship game against the Bills in Buffalo, because that defense held Jim Kelly and that offense to 10 points. The Broncos lost that game 10 to 7, and Elway got hurt, and Kubiak actually had to come in and play the majority of that football game. For those younger fans, I would watch that game because. Watch the drive two against the the Houston Oilers the prior week, and then watch the AFC Championship game in Buffalo because that defense showed up. Yeah, no, you know what's interesting about that team? I think again, that's a team that if if fortunes had been a little bit different, if Elway stays healthy in that game, I think they score fourteen points, and I think I think they're able to win that game, and then I think they go on and win that Super Bowl. I think I think that's the one. That's another one where you go, ooh, the, the one that got away. We talk all the time about '96. And that loss to the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars, that '92 AFC Championship loss, that's another one where they, if they win that game, that's a really good team. They might go on and win a Super Bowl, which re- actually changes the trajectory of the franchise from that point forward. It's it changes our mindset about John Elway and sort of the the franticness of Super Bowl 32 that we all felt and that that apprehension about being there and how we were so nervous about what was going to happen with Elway and were they going to be able to get it done. And then they were playing this great, you know, Packers team that we wouldn't have even been worried about that. If the Broncos had won that AFC championship game, I really do think they would have had a good opportunity to go and win the Super Bowl uh, had they won that game. The other game that I would watch, it might be the first game I watch is Peyton Manning's first game as the quarterback for the Denver Broncos in September 2012 on Sunday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because that was the the that was the game that let everyone know that Peyton frickin' Manning was Peyton frickin' Manning again. Absolutely. Well, and then the one against uh, San Diego where they were down, what was the score at halftime? I think it was 24-nothing. 24-nothing, and they come back and win. Or how about the game where he throws for seven touchdowns against the Jaguars? I'd, I'd go watch that one again. But well, I think it was Baltimore. Was it, or Baltimore, excuse me. You know, I, I just would like for them to that, beat that, up that on was the, Jags. the That was the payback game that's right, the payback for what game. happened in the playoffs the yeah, year before. Which we won't go back and watch that game because that's not necessary. We don't. We, we haven't done it on John Fox recently, but uh, screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> just saying. All right. A lot of games that we could go back and watch. I would love to hear from from people. I'm going to ask again. Hey, if you if you don't want a recipe from me, but you've got a game you'd go back and watch, tweet it at us. Tell us what what game you'd watch. I'd love to hear it. Uh, if, if there's a couple, I think that'd be great. But uh, we we should talk a little bit about present day Denver Broncos news, just because that's what we're here for, right? Aside from Vic Fangio singing Volade, cooking uh, Italian food in his kitchen. Yeah, I, I mean that's. That's yeah, that's that's great stuff, but it isn't uh, it isn't football news, right? And so we'll, we'll let's get into some football news. And and I think the big question that's that's out there, and you, you see it on Twitter, and you see it from from different media outlets when they talk about teams and how they've done in free agency and and what that means for them. I think the big question is, do the things that the Denver Broncos did throughout this free agency period have they made the Broncos a playoff team? Have they made them a contender in the AFC West? If you were to just look at the teams as they are constituted right now, ignoring that there's a draft coming up and that things are going to change after the draft as well, are the fortunes of the Broncos shifted now based on the moves that they've made? And I say yes, because 
we've talked about this. There are four games last year where if one thing goes differently, they win the they win the game. If there's a call by the referees, the game changes. And that puts them one or two of those games change of the four. They're a playoff team. And I think with the additions that the Broncos have made, that John Elway has made, they're absolutely a playoff team. They are definitely in contention for a wild card spot. Are they in contention for the AFC West? No. I think the Chiefs are so far above everyone else, aside from maybe the Ravens. And if you look at what the Baltimore Ravens have done on defense to shore up their pass rush, oh my God. I mean, they had a they had a very good defense a, a season ago. Yeah. Now they- you're giving Wink Martindale, Calais Campbell, and a couple of other pass rushers, and Earl Thomas is going to have his second year in this defense, and they just lost to the Tennessee Titans. I mean, my wife is basically uh, a Lamar Jackson fan, and she has said if the Ravens beat the Titans, that was the best way for to keep Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs from winning the Super Bowl. But I think the fact that they're going to be so motivated with what happened in the divisional playoffs against Tennessee, and now you add the pieces they have on defense, I think those are the, the, the clear two top teams in the AFC. The Broncos oh, yeah. aren't there. No, the Broncos I, aren't I, even close. I think, but they are uh, a playoff wild card contention team because they were a year ago. And I think they're at, and I, I wrote a story on, uh, Monday from our last podcast, because we talked, we touched on this. They're a better team today than they were at the end of the regular season for the 2019 season. Yeah. And I would tell you that even without making any moves, they're better because Bryce Callahan's going to be healthy, or at least that's what it looks like you're going to have. Juwan James, who knows, but I I think he's probably going to be healthy as well. And that's what you're stuck with on the offensive line anyway. So just those two guys being healthy makes that team better anyway. So two guys, two veteran presence uh, players who are going to have an impact, get healthy, they make the team better already. Now I understand if people are uh, apprehensive in in sort of adding those guys in because you don't know what you're going to get and some guys take longer to heal than others and some guys never recover and, and that's one of those things that you, you have to deal with uh, in the NFL is that injury has a tendency to uh, change uh players uh, abilities and change the outcome of how they're going to impact a team however just adding Callahan and, and James to the defense and then the offense respectively makes these teams better and then the the trades that and I think that's the biggest thing that that took place it was the trades that Elway and Fangio were able to make happen not the signings I, I and, and don't get me wrong uh was it Graham Glasgow Excellent signing. I, I like that signing. I'm good with that. Clear clear upgrade over Ronald Leary. Clear at upgrade. Clear upgrade. Uh, it, there are still questions on the offensive line. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but but that's one that uh, he's he's capable of playing in, in multiple spots on that offensive line if necessary. They, they're clearly uh, fans of Elijah Wilkinson, which is fine. Uh, we'll see what happens with Garrett Bowles. We, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things going on. The only piece that's set there that you're really – uh, you're really okay with is Dalton Reisner, right? He's the only guy on that offensive line where you go, absolutely Dalton Reisner. He's the starter in that position. No questions asked, you know, and I'm not saying anything about Graham Glasgow not being good. It's just, you don't know, is he going to be the center? Is he going to be a guard? What, what are they going to do with him? So uh, there's a couple of things there that could happen 
in free age or in the draft that might make things adjust. But just those two trades, the AJ Boye trade, which allowed them to move on from Chris Harris Jr. I know that sounds terrible, but that was sort of a, a, a slight upgrade. I'm not going to say it was a huge upgrade. It was a slight upgrade contract-wise, age-wise, uh, current ability. I think A.J. Boye is a little bit better than Chris Harris Jr. as they are right now. Uh, and then Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick. I, I mean, we talked we talked about it on the last show, and, and you called it you called it stealing. I, I mean, that's Debo riding away with that guy's bike on Friday. I mean, just that was just. And I know Debo gets beat up at the end of the movie, but that's. Before that, man, he's terrifying, and that's what that was. He's, you know, my, my grandmama gave me that chain. Well, now Debo has that chain, and Jarrell Casey is the chain, and they just took it away for nothing. Uh, I mean, uh, that was that was that was an incredible move because it makes that defensive line that much better. Now, I don't think the Broncos are done, obviously, but I do think they're better now than they were at the end of the the 2019 season. And I think you're right; they're a wild card team. Uh, the, the Chiefs will run away with the division. I, I don't like saying it. It doesn't feel good. It makes me want to vomit a little bit. But they will run away with the division. The, the question is, can the Broncos step into that second place role in the AFC West? And, and I think they can. I don't think that the Chargers or the Raiders are all that much uh, better or were all that much better than the Denver Broncos last year. And so I think the Broncos will be the ones who come out on top in that race to second place and they'll get a wild card spot. What will be interesting is what the Broncos now do in the draft. Because I, I think really the only other move the Broncos will make is signing Prince of Mucamora. There's, there's, there's been so much talk about him being a cornerback that, that Elway, Fangio, and the Broncos will sign. I think eventually it's going to happen. I think that's really the only other move that they'll make in free agency. So then it comes down to the draft. And what they do, do they trade up from 15 to 11 to get Henry Ruggs? There's been talk that the Broncos could potentially trade up to get Isaiah Simmons. If that happens, <laughs> you know oh my God. That. You know how oh I feel my about God. that. I mean, if, if, if for some reason Simmons falls behind, falls lower than, than the Lions or Giants or I, I, I can't see it, I don't, but I, if he's yeah. there at eight, yeah, how do you not? Hell yes, how do you, you not try. You, you swing it to try to get it. Yeah, because that kid, you want to be able to cover Travis Kelsey or any other tight end. Isaiah Simmons is the guy to do it I because so. he's faster than pretty much every tight end he'll be covering. Yeah, the kid is a freak. So it, it will be interesting to see what happens. And we've touched on this on the second round pick. I think that's where they're going to get their center, whether it's. Uh, Ruiz or Cushenberry, one of those two, I think, will be the guy. If they have to trade back into the first round, I think that's what they'll do. But with that 15th pick, uh, if they stay at 15, if, if Javon Kinlaw is there, um, if if Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb are there because Henry Ruggs has been taken by the Raiders or somebody, um, that's where it's going to get interesting because – if you're able to get somebody like an Isaiah Simmons, which I don't think is possible, I think that's a huge pipe dream. Yeah, that's pie in the sky. Last year, for me, it was Ed Oliver, and he ended up going to the to the Buffalo Bills. Um, that would be incredible. 
Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, you know, for me, it's with the draft. You know, I'm not a draft guy. Uh, you know, the draft Knicks out there will will go through every – I mean, all, you see all these mock drafts and what do you think of this and what do you think of that. Uh, honestly, I, I think that um, not to – not not to sort of continue the the Henry Ruggs talk, but I think that at a certain point, the thing that the Denver Broncos need on that offense, aside from shoring up the offensive line, which I think they can do with a guy like a Cesar Ruiz, which you mentioned, I think that would be a really good way to do things. Uh, is they need a they need a playmaker who can take the top off of a defense, who can who can stretch a defense, which will not just make it so that you've got a guy who can burn people and and make plays downfield but will force defenses to to look at uh, playing off a little bit and give some of those underneath guys a huge boost. Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton are going to benefit from a, a speed receiver. So so too will Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, whichever order you'd like to say that they are in. Uh, I think they both benefit from having a speed receiver who stretches the defense and sort of moves people away from the offensive line and gives them an opportunity to make plays that are short of, uh, you know, you know, where a lot of things are going to take place. So I, I'm, I'm all for a speed receiver. The only thing I would say is the depth at wide receiver in this draft, which has been touted as one of the deepest wide receiver drafts ever might allow the Broncos to make a move in the first round that, you know, maybe, maybe get a Javon Kinlaw, right. And, and, and do it that way. Or, trade up and get Isaiah Simmons. They're not going to, but they could, and they'd still have an opportunity to get uh, some type of speed receiver in the second round uh, or, uh, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. I just think that there's so many options, and I know every year you can say that about every draft. There's so many options. Of course there are. There's hundreds and hundreds of kids that are looking to get drafted this, you know, in this next upcoming draft. So there are tons of options. But just in the the needs that the Denver Broncos have, uh, a speed, speed receiver, offensive line, and then... Uh, I think inside linebacker is always a need for the Denver Broncos, no matter what year it is, because they just don't seem to ever draft a good one. Uh, not that they don't have good inside linebackers. Alex Johnson is going to be just fine. But those sort of specific needs might dictate what the Denver Broncos do. But I think there's enough in this draft that they can be patient and allow the draft to fall to them. And I've always been a proponent of that. Best player available, letting the draft fall into place. If something's available up ahead and you can make a move, go do it. Uh, if, if you can trade back and make things happen, like the Denver Broncos did with Noah Fant and, and Drew Locke, which I think, uh, you know, while some might think might not think that was a great move, I thought that was excellent play on Elway's part to make that move, to be able to move back and get two talented players that are impact players in the NFL and they got Dalton Reisner, I, I mean, that was an incredible draft. So something along those lines, if that happens, I'm fine with that as well. I think that there's going to be a, a lot of play here for the Denver Broncos as far as which direction they can go in the draft. Whether it be trade up, stand pat, or trade back, they're, they're going to have a lot of options. And the thing that makes it all possible is Drew Locke. The fact that they have the quarterback, at least for 2020, and I... I get that there's some bait, some debate with, with with folks who aren't in Denver. You called it covered. bait, and I, and I think you're right. It was bait. It was it was clickbait, but that's okay. I'll just leave it there. So I, I, at least for 2020, Drew Locke is the guy, and I think everyone should be excited about that. Whether you're confident or optimistic, however you want to phrase it, the Broncos have their quarterback for 2020, and I think that's one of the reasons, as we've touched on in the past, that's why they have Pat Shermer. 
and and now um uh I call it the quarterback's coach is escaping me his name uh Mike Shula that, that's one of the reasons why both of them are there is because of Drew Locke and I think they're going to be able to to get the most out of him and I think you're going to see uh, a quarterback who's going to be able to lead this team and contend for a playoff spot when and if games are played for 2020. In the meantime, go check out that Game Pass and, uh, and tell us which games you're watching. Love to hear it. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.